Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Praise God. You know, we're on our way to heaven. For some, the path is shorter than others. But bless God, we're all on our way to heaven. That's the exciting thing about it. It all ends with us in heaven. Praise God. Wow. That is a wonderful thing to look forward to. And it's all thanks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he came and he delivered us from an eternal death. He delivered us from hell and has made us citizens of heaven, perfection, paradise, all eternity and the glory and the awesomeness of the Almighty. God is our Father teaching us. Somebody say, you plan on leaving, Pastor? Is somebody going home soon? I don't know. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying get excited. Get excited about heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, you decide that. I mean, how long do you want to be around? That's your decision, right? Or is it your age? Your age determines that? You hit a certain age and you start to, that's it. No, it's not, it's not your age. It's the devil. Does he determine when you leave here? Does sickness d- d- decide when you leave here? No, praise God. Who decides then? Someone says, well, God does. No, he doesn't. He does not. He told us in Psalm 107, is it? That life and death is where? It's in the power of the tongue. So you have the power of life and death in your tongue. You decide how long you want to live here and when you want to die. That's what I love about the Apostle Paul. He had such a revelation of that, you know. And he said, man, he said, I'm, I'm kind of torn between the two, having a desire uh, to depart from here and be with Christ, which is far better. But I know remaining here is, is needful for you. So um, I'll stick around a little bit longer. I'm paraphrasing. He said, I'll stick around a little bit longer for your sake. It'll mean fruit for my labor. I'm going to have to work. But I'm willing to do it for you. It's basically what he was saying. I mean, that's a man that's in control. And he's not to be any different than you and I. To be the same way for you and I. You and I are to be in control of our destiny. Now, of course, who decides your destiny, your eternal destination? Who decides whether you go to heaven or hell? Well, you do. You do. The Lord said, I set before you life and death. Blessing, cursing. We could say heaven or hell. I said it before you. Choose. Choose. Choose life. That's what he said. So he tells us what to choose. So, folks, we decide whether we're going to heaven or hell. I've chosen heaven. How about you? I've chosen heaven, and um, I'm choosing a long life. But then again, how long is long? Until you're satisfied. It's really not about a length of days. It's about a quality of life. You see what I'm saying? It's about a quality of life. It's about fulfilling what you're here to do. Get the job done. Praise God. Get it all wrapped up and then get on the first load out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Let's, 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 let's head on home to Jesus just as fast as we can and start running around the streets of gold. Glory be to God. And that's the hope that we have now through Jesus. That's the hope that we have. And we have it because we've decided to have it. We've taken hold of what he has done for us. He has provided for us eternal life. He has provided for us a blessed life. He's provided for us the authority to be able to live as long as we want and not be controlled by sickness and disease or some kind of other tragedy that would try to take your life out prematurely. He has made these things available to us, and now you and I are taking hold of those things. And we are working the word of God, speaking words of faith, knowing that we have what we say. We have what we say. Where do we get that from? From over here in Mark, the 11th chapter. Why don't you turn there with me? Mark 11, in verse 22, Jesus said to his disciples, he answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, a lot of folks can have all kinds of funny ideas of what faith in God is, what it looks like. But Jesus goes on. He doesn't stop there. He begins to explain what faith looks like. He says, have faith in God for assuredly. I say to you. See, so he's still flowing from that one statement. Have faith in God. Or as we talked about last time, literally that could translate, have the God kind of faith. Or have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things the word of God says will come to pass. Anybody paying attention? I should have heard a big, ah. Because that's not what it says. It doesn't say that uh, he'll believe whatever the word of God says. That's true. You've got to believe what the word of God says first. But that's not what it says here. It says he believes that whatever he says, whatever he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Now notice that it, it, it doesn't really even say anything. The next verse talks about praying, but he doesn't even talk about praying here. He talks about saying. He's talking about what you're saying. And he uses the word says four times here. Notice again, for surely I, I, I say to you, now you got to believe what he says. You got to believe what Jesus says first because he's saying something to you. And what he's saying to you is something about what you say. So you've got to believe what he says about what you say. He says, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. See, it doesn't have to be a, a Paul the Apostle. It doesn't have to be some person that has done all kinds of great things in the earth. You know, some real well-known. To be as a whoever. That's all you've got to be to qualify for what he's saying here. So, do we have any whoever's tonight? I'm trying to find a who. I'm trying to find a whoever. Hallelujah! Are you a whoever? 
So say, that's me. I'm a whoever. All right, so he's talking to you. So you can just put your name in that. I say to you, Charlie, or whatever your name is, that when you say to this mountain, he who says to this mountain, notice says, says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, there it is again, says, will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. So all you got to be is a whoever, and then you'll have whatever you say. If you believe in your heart what you're saying, and that believing in your heart is the faith of God. This is faith in action right here. Believing in your heart and saying things with your mouth. We need to know how to believe with the heart and speak what we believe with our mouth. Not just for a little while. For the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. In other words, we live by what Jesus is talking about right here. We live by what we believe in our hearts and say with our lips, with our mouths. We live by that. We're not, we just don't go out and, you know, get a hold of something that God has for us. We believe it. We say it. And then that's the end of it. And now we just go through it the rest of the day just saying all kinds of things that are contrary to what we just said when we believed we received what we were asking for. Or believed we received whatever we were declaring. Because sometimes it's not even about asking. It's just about declaring. You know, sometimes you don't have to go to God and ask him for certain things. If his word already says it's yours, if he's already promised it to you, then just say it. Just say it. Well, what's an example of something that, you know, the Lord promised that we can say? Whatever. Whatever. Just be a whosoever and say whatever. Just say whatever. So whatever you want to say, in other words, whatever you want to have, say. And then continue to speak in a way that agrees with what you said. It can't be just something you said because what you said in the past tense is something is, that is, will always be connected to what you're saying. So you can't be saying something else that's contrary to what you said and still be in faith concerning what you said. If you're going to have what you said, then you're going to have to keep saying or keep speaking in line with what you said. We got to keep speaking in line with what we say. And then if we keep speaking in line with what we have said, we will have what we have said. Or we'll have what we say because what we're saying is in line with what we said. See, it continues to go. But a lot of folks, they've said something and then it stopped. And now they're saying other things. Let your saying agree with what you said. So that you can have it. So you can see the fulfillment of what you have believed and what you said. Just like Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. How many of you know Jesus could not have come into the earth without faith? 
Think about it. Somebody had to get into faith for even Jesus, for God to be able to send his son into the earth. We see that over here in Luke's gospel, chapter 1, verse 44. It says, for indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded. Now, this is Elizabeth, who is pregnant with John the Baptist. And Mary just heard from the angel Gabriel that she was going to bring forth a son. And it was going to be Jesus. And so she goes down to a visit to visit with Elizabeth. And when she walks in, this is what Elizabeth says. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. The babe, not the blob. Huh? Not the blob. But the, not the fetus, the babe. And notice, this babe did what? Leaped for joy. Can a baby in its mother's womb have joy? Well, if it was a blob, it could. For it to have joy, that means it needed to have faith. And it needed to have some emotion to it. I mean, he got to, I mean, he was Pentecostal. I mean, we call him John the Baptist, you know. But he wasn't a Baptist. He was a Pentecostal. I mean, leaping. Woo, he could. He heard her voice. He heard faith. And he just started leaping and got excited. You know, just like we were talking about over there in the book of Acts. Paul the Apostle was preaching the gospel in a certain place. And there was a man there that was crippled from his mother's womb. Hadn't walked a day in his life. This man heard Paul speaking. What was he speaking? He was speaking the word. He was preaching the gospel. He heard Paul speaking. And Paul observing him intently, seeing that he had faith to be healed, said to him, stand up straight on your feet. See, he could see that the man had faith. The man had excitement. The man had excitement in him. He was stirred by what he was hearing, the gospel. Mary walks in the room and just says, hello, whatever she said, in her greeting. And John, who's still in his mother's womb, leaped. Just like that man jumped to his feet. Faith rose up on the inside of him. And he leaped for joy. And as a result of that, it just brought the, it just brought the presence of God into that atmosphere into Elizabeth, she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And she just began to declare and prophesy. And then that spilled over on Mary. And Mary began to declare and prophesy. And I mean, they're having a Holy Ghost service. But it all started with John. It started with the baby in the womb. He triggered the whole thing. I mean, Mary came in. She said something. But whoo, he released his faith. Whoo, man, it just released the power of God. Fell on both the Mary and, and Elizabeth. Full of the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to tell you the truth. That's what happened. They got stirred up. They got excited. They got over in the overflow of faith. Praise God. But look at that. Uh, uh, Still in in his mother's womb, he had faith. He had faith and leaped and released the faith that was in him. And thus tapped into the power of the Spirit. Filling that whole place with God. God. So it says, for indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed. 
For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now, notice that. There'll be a fulfillment. Why? Because the Lord said it. If the Lord said it, it's going to happen. That's not true. No. Why will there be a fulfillment of what the Lord said? Well, because an angel appeared to her. I mean, this is a sovereign move of God. I mean, this is something God is doing. And, and if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. No, that's not what the spirit-filled woman just said by the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. She said, because you believed. Because you believed. Because you believed the message that the Lord sent to you, now there will be a fulfillment of those things. Those things will come to pass. But somebody had to believe. Do you see that? God needed someone that would believe. He couldn't just use anybody. He needed someone that would believe the message. And don't think, well, if an angel appeared to me, I'd believe. Oh, yeah? Tell that to the children of Israel. I mean, the Lord sent his angel before them, and Moses stood before a Red Sea, stretched out his rod, and split the thing. They watched an entire body of, of, of water separate. And they went through the thing on dry ground. Walked on dry ground. Went right across the sea, went over to the other side, and watched it close on the army of Pharaoh that was pursuing them. Saw this incredible miracle. Went a three days journey. That happened on Sunday. Then they got to the Wednesday night service. Went a three-day journey and just a murmuring, complaining, and just, just whining, and ready to kill Moses for bringing them out there. You brought us out into this desert to die. What? You brought us out in this desert to die. Do you, know how, do, you, do you remember how you got out here? I mean, for 40 years, God did amazing things. I mean, they saw fire and a cloud. Uh, by night, they had the cloud of God's presence. God's bringing food to them, water out of a rock. I mean, thing after thing, miracle after miracle. And they refused to believe. They'd believe for a little while. They'd get excited. But then as soon as they would start looking at the things of the flesh and going by, it's hot and, and I'm hungry and I'm bored and I'm tired. I'm just fed up with this. And they just get totally caught up in the flesh and lose sight of everything the Lord was doing for them. These people could not continue to believe. So don't just think, well, if an angel appeared to me, I'd believe. That's not true. You might believe with your head, with your emotions, but that all wears off. We got to believe with our spirit. We got to believe with our heart. It's got to go deeper than just an experience. It's got to be a reality to us on the inside that we embrace for ourselves to live by. We're going to live by what God is saying to us. We're going to live by what God has shown us. We take it to heart and we hang on to it. We treasure it and we don't lose it. And then there'll be a fulfillment of it. And here, Jesus was able to come into the world. He was able to be born of this woman because of this woman's faith. It was her faith that made it possible. Jesus himself was a product of the word of faith. 
not just in Mary, but you see, throughout the whole Old Testament, the Word of God was being prophesied. It was being spoken, declaring Jesus, what He'd be like, what He would do, what He would accomplish, the things that would happen to Him. It was being spoken by the prophets. They were speaking, they were declaring these things. That wasn't just for us. That was so Jesus could actually come into the world. The words that were being spoken were being spoken in faith so that they would take on flesh and manifest and come into this physical realm. Mary was a part of that, but she wasn't the whole thing. Words throughout history, throughout time, had been being spoken in order to bring Jesus into manifestation in the world. That's why the Bible says in John's Gospel, chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. You know, you go back to the very beginning. God was speaking the Word. He was speaking Jesus into existence in the earth. You go all the way back. God was speaking Jesus into existence. Right after man fell and sinned, that's when he sinned, when he fell, that's when God needed to bring man, needed, excuse me, that's when God needed to bring Jesus into the world. How many of you know if man never sinned, Jesus would never have had to have come? You know that, right? Now, Jesus came to save sinners because of sin. So it was after they sinned that God began to immediately activate faith in Jesus' coming into this world. And he said right there in Genesis chapter 1, you hold your place in, uh, in John 1, and actually Genesis chapter 2, after the man and the woman sinned, disobeyed God, the Lord spoke and he said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I'll put enmity, here it is, verse 15. And I'll put enmity, perfect mutual hatred, we could say, between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now we know head is symbolic of authority, right? Head is a, is a symbolic of authority. Heel here is representing our contact with the earth. So he's saying, he's saying, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna hurt him. You're gonna, you're gonna be able to afflict him because he'll be here in the earth, and you'll be able to do that, and you'll kill him. You'll have him crucified. You'll, you'll bruise his heel, but what's he going to do to you? He's going to knock your head off. He's going to kick you in the head, and that's a fatal shot. A shot to the head. See, that's fatal. What happened to Jesus wasn't fatal. Looked fatal. Should have been fatal, but it wasn't fatal. He rose from the dead. He rose from the dead victorious. Praise God. But right there in the garden, in the beginning, in the beginning, God began to declare Jesus, began to declare the vessel that would come into this world to redeem us 
from Satan's power. Right there in the beginning. So you come over to John 1, it says, in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. What word? The word of faith. The word of faith. In the beginning was the word of faith. The word of God. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 14. And the word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So it's talking about Jesus. Jesus was the word, the word of faith that became flesh. So God, from the very beginning, once man sinned, he began to have the word of faith preached. The word of faith being declared. And as his word was being declared by faith, it was setting things up for the word to become flesh. See, everything in the physical has started in the unseen. And it was spoken first. Everything is a product of words that started formulating in the unseen realm. So words were spoken and in the unseen, unseen realm, something was being formulated, and it was the Son of God who would be born into the earth. And so you see, Jesus' entire life, everything that happened, it had been spoken out. It was all spoken out ahead of time. Uh, you see, you know, just a few different scriptures, like over in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. It says, but you Bethlehem. Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting. So notice this is spoken all the way back by the prophet Micah, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. These words were being spoken. These aren't words just letting us what's going to happen so we recognize him when he come. These words are actually creating the actual happening of it. He's actually speaking these things into existence. This is God's plan. And God is speaking these things into existence through Micah. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive. The virgin shall. See, those are faith words. Shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. See that word right there? It became flesh. That word became flesh in the person of Jesus. Over in Romans, the fourth chapter, verse 17, it says, as it is written... I have made you a father of many nations. This is God speaking to Abraham. I have made you a father of many nations. Now, of course, at this time, Abraham is 
He's pretty old. He's up there in age. His wife's up there in age. She's been barren. They have, eventually, they have the, the promise that God promised them, which was a son, Isaac. But it wasn't until they were just about 100 years old. But yet God told them. God spoke it to him. He gave him this promise. And so he says, um, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Made you, past tense, even though it hasn't happened yet, physically. He hasn't seen it yet. But God's saying, I already made you the father of many nations. In other words, in God's, in God's eyes, it's already done. He speaks as though everybody can see it. And yet nobody can see it. Not even Abraham can see it. And yet God's saying, I've made you a father of many nations. It's like, uh, I don't have any kids. But yet God's saying it as though it's so. He's saying it as though it's so. I've made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him, in the presence of God, whom he, whom Abraham believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's a powerful statement. God calls things that do not exist as though they do exist. And again, this is all connected to believing. This is all connecting to faith. So faith in God is believing something that you cannot see yet and declaring it as though it is so. Even though you can't see it. You're calling something into existence that does not appear to exist. Sounds like creative power. Creative power. But this is what God does. This is how he does things with his faith. Because remember, he's the God of faith. And he has given us his faith. He's given us the God kind of faith. He's created us in his image and his likeness. So in other words, we have creative power on the inside of us. We can call things that do not exist... As though they do. And what's going to happen? They're going to exist. They're going to exist. They're going to appear. It's going to be fulfilled. You're going to have whatever it is you say. Say it when you say, I have whatever I say. Because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, you have whatever you say. So you start saying things. So people, they're creating their future. You're creating your future. In fact, you are where you are as the result of your words. And the words of other people that you have believed, that you have embraced. Children are the product of the words of their parents. And then as they grow older, they learn to speak. And then they take charge of their destiny. So if wrong words were spoken over someone's life, but then they grow up and they get a hold of the word of faith and they understand that the power of life and death is in their mouth, and that they control their destiny by the things they believe in their heart and say with their mouth, then they can turn it around and they can change things. And it really doesn't matter to me if somebody is cursing me over here as long as I'm blessing me. Now, there are times you have to rise up and nullify those curses that are being spoken. And, you know, sometimes you have to do that often, you know. You know, because we're in a world where people throw curses around. People throw all kinds of negative things out there. And you've got to nullify those things. 
And that's what he tells us to do through the prophet Isaiah. He said, no weapon formed against you will prosper. But he doesn't stop there. He says, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn or you shall nullify or you shall render void. This is the heritage of the children of God. For their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So he's given us, Jesus has come, he's given us his righteousness. We stand in his authority. And if somebody wants to curse your life, you can rise up and nullify those words. I cancel those words. I nullify those words in the name of Jesus. And one of the best ways to nullify them is just speak words that nullify them. Speak words that are the exact opposite. You can't curse whom God is blessed. I remember one time I was just newly saved, just first year being saved. You know, I was fired up getting all kinds of revelations from God, learning about my authority. And I remember one night, you know, it was close to midnight. And I can't remember where I was. I was probably coming from work or something. And uh, I stopped at a gas station. Went into the gas station. And there was a, a, a girl there behind the counter. She was wearing a pentagram, which is a symbol for Satan, Satanism. So, man, I just got stirred up, you know. That just stirred me up. That pentagram stirred me up. So I went out to my car and I put gas in. I paid for the gas when I was in the car. And I just was out there. I said, Lord, Lord, you know, I claim this, I claim this, this woman right now for the kingdom of God. And I ask you to just help me to give me an opportunity to minister the gospel to her. And I felt kind of weird just walking back in there, you know. I thought, hey, Lord, if there's any way you can bring her out here or something, just set this thing up. I want to minister the gospel to her. Now, it's, it's close to midnight, you know. I'm the only car in the gas station sitting out there. And I prayed that just, just within a couple minutes. Next thing I know, she comes walking out. She's got this stick in her hand, and she's going to start measuring, I guess, how much gas is down in the, in the ground. I was like, thank you, Lord. Anyway, I got to ministering to her, you know, and I just started sharing about the gospel and Jesus and things. Like she was very open, very receptive. But then she, I said, well, I started by talking about the pentagram to her, you know. She said, yeah, I'm a Satanist. And, and I said, so, you know, why are you a Satanist? And we were talking about that. And she was talking about white magic and black magic. And she has this priest, this priest that knows everything. And she, she's telling about the priest that knows everything. And, you know, the satanic priest. And so as she's telling me, she goes, he probably... Here's our conversation right now. I said, well, you don't have to worry about him. Jesus defeated the devil. And I just ministered the gospel to her and prayed for her and everything else. And it was a wonderful time. I got in my car and then the devil got in my back seat. And he said, and the devil said, see now that priest, is, he knows what you're doing. And he's sending curses your way right now. He's sending curses right now. He's probably, he's probably, he's probably forming a doll right now and putting, putting, putting my name on it. He's got pins in his hand. He's, he's going he's gonna to start doing all kinds of spells and curses over your life. But then I just rose up. I said, you can't curse whom God is blessed. And I nullify any curse spoken against me in Jesus' name. Too blessed to be cursed. Too late. I'm too blessed. See, we don't have to be worried about any curses that anybody might try to send our way. I'm too blessed. You've got to learn to bless yourself in the Lord. Have you blessed yourself lately? I'm so stupid. Man, I'm such an idiot. I can't believe I did that. I'm always messing up. God. Ah. Man. Man, I feel so weak. I just feel sick. I feel. I think. Oh, negative, 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 negative. The Bible says, let the weak say 
I'm strong. That's what the Bible says. Let the weak say something. Don't sit there and say, I'm so weak. Now, see, I can preach that right now. And, and people get a hold of it. That's right. That's right. How many of you ever heard that before? How many of you ever heard that before? Let the weak say, I'm strong. Not only have you heard that, you've heard it preached. Just like it's being preached right now. True? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many people have proclaimed weakness instead of strength when you felt weak? Since you've heard that. Why is that? Why is that? Because it's not what you said. It's what you're saying. See, if we want the word of God to work for us so that we see a fulfillment of the things that he has promised, then we need to continue in it. We need to continue in the truth of God's word. We need to continue to say the right things. In other words, the just shall live by faith. We live by what we believe in our heart and what we say with our mouth. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's got to be just something that is embedded in us. And we, can't, we just can't do it any other way. It's how we react to things. You know, like when I was in the martial arts. You know, martial arts is really no good until it becomes a reaction. The things you learn have to become a reaction when you're out on the street. You know, and it comes to fighting. It has to be a reaction. You know, you learn these moves, you know. You learn these moves, and then he comes at you with a knife, and you step to the side, and you grab his, the palm of his hand, and you twist his elbow, and you take him down and him, you know. All kinds of great moves, you know. You learn all these moves. But if, if, if it's not a reaction to you, if you've got to sit there and go, wait, 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 okay, okay, slow down. I mean, I'm talking about a guy who's got a knife, and he's really coming at you. He's a psycho. Ah, and you go, wait, slow down, slow down. Now, let's do this nice. Okay, let's step this. Okay, I got you. Now, stay still. It ain't going to work. I mean, if something jumps out, you've got to go. I mean, you got to put it in slow motion to even see it happen. I mean, it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it just flows. It just comes out of you. And so, you know, I knew that. I knew that. So, I mean, I'd, I'd stand in front of a mirror, and I'd shadow box. And we'd practice moves and practice moves and practice moves all the time. I mean, it was, I lived and ate it. I mean, it was, I was totally into the martial arts. Totally into it. I mean, you just wouldn't want to mess with me when I was about 17, 18. It was, I was dangerous. <laughs> but people, you know, sometimes, you know, somebody jump out at you and try to scare you. Like, <laughs> you know. I remember one time I, we, were, we were sneaking up on our, my, I had a, a karate teacher, he gave us private lessons, and we was, we, my brother and I were sneaking up to him, we saw him, and we were coming up behind him, and then we stopped and we thought, you know, this might not be a good idea. <laughs> we decided not to surprise him, <laughs> just in case he had, he had an incredible sidekick, and he could send you across the room, and it'd just be a reaction, you know, just, anyway, you have what you say. Right? But these things, they need to become a lifestyle to us. We can't hear these words and go, yes, I'm going to have what I say, I have to say. And then we go to sleep tonight, and it's like turning off your computer. You know? It's like my computer in my office, you know, we got a couple different printers. I got a printer in my office, I got a printer in another office. And sometimes I need to use the printer in the other office. And so my default printer is the one right there next to my desk. But then there's another printer, you know, in, in the other office. And sometimes I need to use that. So then I have to go over and I have to click that printer. Say, I need to use that printer. And so then it'll stay on that. It'll stay set on that printer until I turn the computer off and turn it back on. 
And then when I turn the computer back on, it just goes to the default printer, which is the printer at my desk, see? And so, so that's how it is for a lot of people. They believe a certain way. They've got a default setting. And it's negative. It's unbelief. It's not faith. It's not in line with the word of God. That's their default setting. And then they come over here and see, and they hear the word of God. They get in the word of God. God begins to show them something in prayer. And so they, they get that thing switched around, and they're going to use this. They're going to speak these kind of words. They're going to live this kind of way. Hallelujah. They're fired up. They go to bed that night and turn off their computer. They reboot and wake up in the morning. Where's the eggs? Why don't we ever have any eggs in this house? My God, we never have anything in this house. My Lord Jesus, when are you going to come back and save us? I mean, people are just having a fit over the stupidest things. You know what I'm saying? And it's the default printer. And then they, you know, they arrest, God arrests their attention somewhere down the week, Wednesday night, you know, Wednesday night. And God gets in there and he starts changing the settings. And he gets all the settings changed. And everybody's like, man, this is great. Hallelujah. Then they go to bed tonight. And they reboot. And they wake up in the morning. And you'd never know it was Christmas morning. <laughs> you'd never know. <laughs> Do you know how much these gifts are costing us, my Lord? How many more things are you going to buy, Margaret? <laughs> Run us into bankruptcy. I hate Christmas. I mean, I mean, my Lord Jesus. Run us into bankruptcy. It's the most frustrating time of the year. Ding dong. <laughs> You're a ding dong. <laughs> you know, an example of how the devil comes immediately to steal the word, right? He comes to me, he'll come immediately to try to steal this word from you. He'll come with just all kinds of negative stuff and get you going, you know, just get you, try to get you back on your default setting real quick. He'll, 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 he'll try to do it. But it's amazing, you know. It's declared, it's confessed, it's in music everywhere that it's the most wonderful time of the year. And you constantly are hearing people saying, it's the saddest time of the year. Suicides are at their highest at Christmas. Every saying just the opposite of what God said. Why is that? It has nothing to do with the saddest time of the year. It's your mouths. The enemy has reversed what God has said, and you've suckered for it, and you're filling your mouth with what he said rather than what God said. Somebody say, I have what I say. All right, Proverbs chapter 18. It's not just in Mark 11. Let's go to Proverbs 18, verse 20. It says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. So, you know... Some people, they have a problem with their stomach. They have a problem with what they're eating, you know, the diet. And they got to keep talking, like, this is sinfully delicious. Well, guess what you're going to be doing? You're going to be eating sinfully delicious stuff. Because that's what you're saying. I just can't resist. I just can't resist chocolate. Well, then you won't be able to resist chocolate. Anyway, dieting starts with your lips. But let me read this from the CSB translation. It says, from the fruit of a person's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is filled with the product of his lips. The EXB translation says this way. It says, people will be rewarded for what they say. From the fruit of the mouth of a person is their stomach satisfied. They'll be rewarded by how they speak. 
The yield, the gain of their lips satisfies. So if you want to get ahead in life, if you want to live a satisfying life, it all starts where? It starts with your lips. It starts with how you speak. It starts with how you talk. What you're saying. And then Isaiah 57, verse 19. It says, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. I will heal him. Notice, the fruit of the lips are connected to peace and healing. Peace and healing. How many want peace on earth? You want to walk in God's goodwill for your life. How does it start? The fruit of the lips. The words that are coming out of your mouth. That's what's going to determine all these things. A lot of people say, why God, why? Stop saying, why God? And come back and look at how you speak. Come back to your mouth. How are you talking? The CEV translation of Isaiah 57, 19 says it this way. It says, start singing my praises. No matter where you are, I, the Lord, will heal you and give you peace. Man, start thanking and praising God for all the good things he's done. All the things that he's doing and all the things that he promised. All the things that you're believing. Praise him for what you haven't seen yet. That's calling things into existence that do not exist. Things you do not see. Things that you're not experiencing. Start praising him about it. Not just for a little while, but it's a lifestyle. A lifestyle of praising God for these things. Then, of course, over in James chapter 3, we're just giving scripture on you have what you say. James chapter 3, verse 2, it says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. Think about that. If, 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 if you don't stumble in your words, you're perfect. You're going to be perfect in all your ways. Able also to bridle the whole body. You should be able to control your whole body. How many people need control over their body? Yeah. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. You put a little something in that horse's mouth, and you can turn that horse, this big, massive, powerful animal, you could turn it in whatever direction you want. He's saying, that's what, that's what it's like with your mouth. There's so many things we make so difficult for ourselves. Or there's things that we look at and we just judge them as just being overwhelming. It's too much. It's like impossible. And God's saying, all you have to do is speak right. And if you can consistently speak right, you can turn that thing. You can turn that thing and make it go the direction you want it to go. You can affect your entire body. You can, you can affect the whole course of your life by the things you say. Isn't that powerful? How do you do it? Your mouth. And I, so he says, well, I know this. Well, I, I, I know you know it. But so we've got to get past the default setting. It's got to be your default setting. It's got to be your default setting. That's when we're, we're going to see it consistently work for us. Verse 6, it says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. So for the negative, it'll mess your body up. Your tongue will mess your body up. But on the positive, your tongue 
could heal your body. Your, your body can be completely turned around by the things you say. So the whole course of your life, even the condition of your body, can be turned around. And here, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 validates that. It says, there is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. So you can speak words that actually make people healthier. See, if somebody's dealing with any kind of sickness or infirmity or dealing with any kind of problem in their body, where do you want to go? You want to go where words are being spoken that promote health. Think about that. Words that promote health. It's medicine. Right now, you're, getting all, you're all getting vaccinated. You understand that? You're getting shot up tonight really good. I hope you're appreciating it. You're getting vaccinated. You're getting it right here. Everybody just roll up your sleeve. We could do a, a you know, have the press come in and take pictures. <laughs> pictures of everybody getting vaccinated in here. So, you know, we've all got vaccinated. We went to church. We get vaccinated every time we go to service. Ooh, hallelujah. Man, you need to walk around like Dr. Feelgood. You know? Really. Dr. Feelgood. And just always injecting medicine into yourself. And people should like getting around you. You know, you should. <laughs> so you should, you should always be looking to inject somebody with some healing medicine. Praise God. You think about a viper, a snake, right? It just latches onto somebody and injects poison into their body to kill them. Words can be like that. Words can be like the piercing of a sword. You cut. You just cut people. They cut people. They hurt people. They affect people's health. And then people wonder, I don't know why Charlie's sick. Well, you've been stabbing him. Stop stabbing Charlie. See, you've got to watch the words of your mouth. They're sharp. They're sharp. And they can cut. And they can hurt. But they can also cut out sickness and disease. They can cut things out of your body that don't belong there. And promote healing and health. I mean, do we believe this? This is powerful. This is what it's all about, friends. This is living by faith. This is faith right here. Believing God, what he said in his word, taking it to heart and speaking it out of your mouth and knowing I have whatever I say. Not over just one thing. Well, I'm believing for this. I'm believing for everything. My whole life is about believing. See, that's how we got to be. Everything about my life is believing and thus speaking. Because you can't be believing in your heart and speaking doubt and unbelief with your mouth and be in faith. Your mouth has to line up to what you say you believe in your heart. Otherwise, you're not in faith. Got it? Yeah. So we've got to make sure our mouth, if our mouth isn't lining up to what we believe in our heart and what we're expecting to come to pass, then we're not in faith about what we say we're expecting to come to pass. So we've got to watch. We don't want to cut each other. We don't want to slash each other. Some people walk around and they just, they're slashing people's tires, you know, they're just slashing, just, they're slashers. They're just slashers because, because they just throw words around. Out of control mouth. It's a dangerous thing. Remember, Jesus is the word made flesh. This is a Christmas message. In the beginning, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, that's what this is all about. So you got to watch, your words become flesh. Your words will manifest in flesh. Are you listening to me? It'll affect your flesh. It'll affect other people's flesh. Watch what you're saying. Proverbs 13, verse 17. A wicked messenger 
falls into trouble. But a faithful ambassador brings health. See, messenger, ambassador, it's all about what they say. They're messengers. They're bringing, they're saying something. And so the wicked messenger falls into trouble. But a faithful ambassador, what does he bring? Health. How many people are ambassadors of Christ? Yeah, if you're an ambassador of Christ, then you bring health to people. Bring health to people. Proverbs 15, verse 30, it says, The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report makes the bones healthy. So, you know, if you're feeling brittle, if you're feeling weak, you're feeling you got some problems in your body, then uh, get around a good message. I said, get around a good message. Hear a good report. God's report's a good report. And what's it going to do for you? It's going to make your bones healthy. It's going to affect your blood. It's going to affect every part of your life. Proverbs 16, 24, it says, Pleasant words are like honeycomb, like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. See, that's, I like how he's talking about the bones, you know. See, the devil's got his kids going around singing, I'm bad, bad to the bone. See, a lot of these, it's amazing. The devil's got people so tricked. He's got them singing stuff, and when it, it's a big confession. It's a big confession. He's got them confessing all kinds of death over themselves, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of defeat over themselves, and singing, I'm bad to the bone, <laughs> bad to the bone. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'll say it as an illustration, but I'm not saying it from my heart. You keep saying it, you keep saying it. It's repetitious, and it gets down in you. And next thing you know, you start having a problem with your bones. Well, you can get that turned around, get your tongue turned around. Get your tongue turned around, you turn around your bones. Healthy bones. Hallelujah. Praise God. That'd be a good nickname, healthy bones. (laughs) Healthy bones. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. How does it happen? Pleasant words. It all comes back to words. Pleasant words are not just pleasant words. They're health to the bones. Man, it gets in people. Your words get in people. First person it gets in, it gets in you. That's why a wicked messenger falls into trouble. It gets in you. Don't, don't, don't speak things that you don't want getting in you. If you're a negative person, it's getting in you. It's going to cause health problems. It's going to cause health problems. It's going to cause happy, happiness problems. You're not going to be a happy person. It's going to cause all kinds of problems for you. Your words rule you. So rule your words. You got it? Your words rule your life in this world. So rule your words with your spirit. Take charge of the tongue. Say, I'm not letting the devil have my tongue. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 37, he says, For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. What you say will either exonerate you, or they will condemn you, defeat you. In other words, your words will either make you or break you. Your words will. So you can't, we can't blame things on everybody else. We just got to take charge of our words and say, I'm going to have what I say. I'm going to have what I say. So stop saying what you have and start having what you say. In other words, take charge of your words. 
Don't just say, right, we have this and we don't have that and just, just say what you see and what you have. Start saying what you don't see yet. Start saying what you don't have yet. Call those things into being that don't seem to exist as though they do exist. And God said there'll be a fulfillment of the, on those things, of those things that you have believed and you have spoken. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, let's stand on our feet and shout joy to the world. Joy to, joy to my world. I just told you to have joy in your world. Just told you how you can have joy in your world. Isn't that exciting? That circumstances don't have to control you. That you don't have to be fearful because something happened. You don't have to be depressed because something happened. You can take charge of your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And you take charge, how? By believing what God said and speaking with your mouth. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, uh, you know, the Bible says you can put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I mean, heaviness comes in there and, and some kind of lethargic thing comes in there and it just, you feel weak. Man, start saying I'm strong. Stop praising God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. Give him a shout. Praise God. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus came to change the way we speak. Because that's how you change the world. Jesus came to change the world. How did he come to do that? By changing the way we speak. So the word became flesh so we can learn the word. And now the word is becoming flesh in and through our lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. Or we can say it this way. The word became flesh so that flesh could become word. We were a bunch of flesh creatures, but now we're becoming word people. Oh, that's good. I said we were a bunch of flesh creatures, but now we're becoming word people. The word became flesh that you might become, that flesh might become the word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for the word. Thank you for pouring out the truth into our hearts tonight. Jesus, thank you for coming and saving us from self-destructive sinful ways. You came to deliver us from sin by changing our hearts. And in changing our hearts, then our mouths can be changed because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you change the heart. You change what we believe in our heart so that we can change what we say and start having things your way. Glory to God. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you for these truths. We thank you. We embrace them tonight. Help us to change our default. Help us to change our settings to the things we heard tonight, that this becomes our default. This is how we think. This is how we talk. This is how we react in life. We react in faith to things, not in fear, not in the flesh, not just reacting to how we feel, but we are speaking the word of God and changing those feelings, changing the condition of things, even our own body is being changed by the words that we speak. And we believe that because you said it. We believe what you said. So we believe we have what we say. 
And everything we say now is coming to pass. From this moment forward, everything we say is coming to pass. It's all coming to pass. Everything we say is coming to pass. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's, get, let's really get that in us tonight. Say that with me. Say, everything I say from now on, it's coming to pass. Everything I say from now on, it's coming to pass. I'm having what I'm saying. What I'm saying, I am having. It's all coming to pass now. Everything I say will come to pass now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise now. We get excited if we know we're going to say the right things. Right? So that means we got to watch ourselves. We got to put a muzzle over ourselves if we start. If your emotions are getting control of you, the best thing you could do is shut up. Best thing you could do is be quiet. If you're losing control of your soul, shh. Go somewhere and, and, and get control of that. Don't just start shooting your mouth off. All right? Some, some people walk around, you know, and they think they're Rambo. <laughs> and it's just, take, take, just taking everybody out, man. Just blowing everything up, taking everybody out. Let's not do that. Let's do it to the devil. We can do that because it is fun. But let's do it to the devil. Can you say amen? By testifying to him, we won. Hallelujah! Praise God. We're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We're blessed coming in, blessed going out. Glory to God. Devil's under our feet. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.